The following is a special bonus episode of the Advocate Podcast, Stories from Kawartha Lakes, brought to you by Ward's Lawyers. Find them at wardlegal.ca. The law is no stranger to workplace culture. It plays a major role in defining and defending so much about what goes on on the job. Safety, equity, overtime, harassment, etc., etc. Even especially one could argue when the job plays no small role in a workplace romance between parties who work together where matters of the heart cannot trump matters of law indeed that topic thanks to the recent resignation of a mayor of a certain major center that rhymes with toronto has been the source of water cooler conversation and conversations everywhere really So what are the rules around workplace romances or what rules can an employer implement legally around these kinds of relationships? We'll find out in the following segment, a segment that in the past has always been part of a regular episode of the podcast, but we felt this particular segment deserved its own standalone episode. Oh, oh, the segment we're referring to, by the way, is called Words of Wisdom. Words of Wisdom. More than just words of wisdom, it's... Calvin Chan is a litigation lawyer with a focus on employment law with Ward's Lawyers, official sponsor of the Advocate Podcast. He has invited me into the Ward's offices on Kent Street here in Lindsay to help us better understand how and if workplace romantic relationships can or cannot unfold with respect to the law. Hey, Calvin, thanks for inviting us out again. Happy to have you. Nice to see you again, Denis. Hey, I hinted not so subtly at John Tory's situation in the introduction. For those who may not be aware, he's the former Toronto mayor who resigned a few months ago, citing what he described as an inappropriate relationship with an employee within the city of Toronto for the municipal government, a relationship that continued after she took another job outside the municipal government, but a relationship that had since ended. Leaving aside all of that gossip talk, what was your reaction as a lawyer, as a person who, who's seen this, when you heard this news? Well, my initial reaction as a lawyer was that was probably the right thing to do. And that John Tory, being a lawyer, uh, understood that he needed to get ahead of a situation like this. But had he broken the law? Had he broken the law is quite a different question. One that's subject to a lot of nuance that I'm sure you'll you'll dive into, but we're gonna dive into it. Had he broken the law? It depends is the, <laughs> is the answer that I have to give. It would depend on what specific area you'd be talking about. What many people would have considered broken the law in using air quotes there would be, you know, is he gonna get dragged into criminal court, for example. Uh, as far as we can tell, and as far as the people of Toronto can tell, and anyone who can read the news. No, he wouldn't have been. This is this was a consensual relationship between two adults uh, in the workplace. And um, unless there was an allegation of uh, sexual assault, then it, he, he's not likely to be dragged into a, a criminal court or a criminal proceeding charged with a crime, anything like that. But to be fair here, Kelvin, we're not talking about two, two peers. In, in full disclosure, my wife and I met when we were quote-unquote colleagues at CBC Radio in Ottawa. That's how yes. we met. We were peers. We're talking about a situation here where there was a, a power imbalance. Yeah. Does that change that landscape cert- a little bit? So that certainly does. And that, that is diving one step deeper. And quite frankly, it's, it's quite common 
for re- uh, people in a relationship to to work together. Case in point, this very firm founded by Jason and Carissa War, yeah. and many, any number of family-run businesses. The problem that arises, the legal problem that arises, is what's always known as, well, always very difficult to define workplace harassment or workplace sexual harassment. And that's difficult to define because it covers a wide ambit of behaviors and misconduct and alleged misconduct that can vary on a, on a very, very widely on a case-by-case basis. The power imbalance is, is what you asked about. And the power imbalance is one of the main factors that contributes to something that may otherwise be consensual being seen and being deemed to be actually workplace harassment. Basically, the, the power imbalance can turn something that otherwise is consensual into being non-consensual. <laughs> what are the chances in terms of the law that a person who is in, at the lower level in that hierarchy 15 years later coming out and saying, hang on a second, you know what, now in the, with the power of hindsight, um, uh, this wasn't right and I'm going to sue you because you were in a position of power and, uh, and I feel there was an injustice there done. That's going down a hypothetical path, which I often caution my clients and caution anybody really to, to go down. It's, it's very difficult to know how things will um, play out in the future, but it certainly is possible. Um, these types of cases are very important to prosecute in, in open court or just in open society. What has happened in the Chicago Blackhawks organization, that allegation of sexual Im- impropriety was something that was brought up. This, this claim was made over a decade after the allegations actually occurred. Right. And, so, and, and there are those camps that say, well, it was consensual. And then the victim going, well, hang on a second. There was a power imbalance here. The actual facts of the relationship between, let's say, the victim and the, uh, the accused, very different. Um, was it a coach and a player? Was it uh, players and another third party? Those are, those are very different circumstances, but circumstances that need to be investigated nonetheless, and those claims should be brought to the public, mm-hmm. um, and there should be an avenue for them. What I'm saying is the time limit, there shouldn't be a time limit. The time limit uh, doesn't typically apply to cases like these, um, cases like sexual assault, sexual harassment, because oftentimes it can take um, years, decades for a victim to realize what has happened to them. That is an exception to the rule that you know lawsuits have to be brought within a certain period of time because of that, because of the courts of realize the courts and um, those responsible for setting those time limits have realized that th- these are special types of claims. These types of claims are an exception to the rule. To answer your question in a long-winded fashion, it is possible. It is possible at some point that a claim could be made against a potential harasser 10, 15, 20 years down the line even. Um, it doesn't happen every day. These types of claims don't happen every day, thank goodness. But it is possible it does happen, and it does happen because it's difficult to tell. It's difficult for the person experiencing that, um, that pain. They may realize it in therapy a decade later, and the law accounts for that. So the employer then who's looking at this and looking at all these possibilities, is, is there any recourse for the employer 
to put something in a workplace contract to say, just so you'll know, we've got this, we've got this rule here at the office. We don't want uh, inter-office relationships, even amongst peers, or uh, if there are, you have to do X, Y, and Z. Is that, can you do that in terms of the law? Yeah, that's a great question. And human relationships are pretty much the most difficult thing to govern because you're governing humans and their innate sense of who they are and, and what they, how they choose to define themselves through their relationships. Very difficult to govern. And I would say that a rule that says you cannot have a relationship with any person in this workplace would be a step too far, a bit too draconian to even enforce. I think even if there was a rule like that, there is no getting around that. A relationship in the workplace will happen as long as people are working together. Well, and I'm a case in point, as I mentioned. You know, <laughs> I, I just wonder if yep. somebody tried to impose that, could, could I throw in the, no, this is a human rights violation. You can't do that. You can't tell me who I can and cannot be with. I don't care what you put on paper here. Yes, and that, that's, that's how I view it. Now, there are already very strict uh, requirements on Ontario employers to have workplace harassment policies or gu and, and guidelines in place. Uh, for any workplace. That is really what governs the conduct between people in the workplace. And the after effect of that is that if people were to be in a romantic relationship, a romantic workplace relationship, it would be an extra, an additional layer on top of their relationship that they, not only are they responsible to each other, they may be responsible to their employer as well. Let's say the rule is if there is a, an office romance, that that has to be disclosed to a superior. I think that type of rule could be enforced. And it's a and reasonable rule? Reasonable depends on how you define that. What in terms of the law? I, like... I do think it would be. I, would okay. think, I think it would be seen as reasonable if, let's say, a judge was seeking to interpret that. At the same time, difficult to enforce. There may be many that, that simply ignore that type of rule. But there could be consequences if, if an employee willfully ignores that type of rule and then a workplace harassment issue arises in the future. You know, it's a simple disclosure rule. It's not a, a prohibition, so it's not meant to be a draconian no, you can't rule do that. to control people's lives, but something to govern, especially when the purpose of it is just to govern the workplace environment, make sure it's not, it doesn't devolve into some sort of toxic situation, um, and certainly open disclosure is part of that purpose, then I think that that rule would, would fly. So that's a very realistic thing to put in a work contract. You, you, if you're going to have a relationship with somebody in here, you just need to come to us, not hide it, and tell us about it so that we can deal with it should we have to. Frankly, I would, I would say that just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think you could. I think you could very reasonably put, put pen to paper on that and inform employees in a workplace of that rule. But the wisdom of, of should you do that should be left up to the individual employer and how they choose to manage their business. Perhaps they have um, a business where everybody's working remotely, they're not, not everybody's gathering in the coffee room or at the pub after work. It depends on what kind of workplace you are. If you're Loblaws, most of your employees are teenagers and they're, go, they're on their phone and then they go home after work. So maybe you don't need that. But maybe in a very tight-knit uh, office, a lot of social events that, are, that happen either formally or informally, that might be something that you want to keep an eye on as an employer. Oftentimes, these things are unexpected. They 
arise out of seemingly nowhere. You know, how these issues are going to arise and how it's going to affect a workplace. You're dealing with humans and them mostly at their most vulnerable core at their relationships and the relationship that they value very deeply, usually a significant other. I think that if you became engaged in a workplace romance and an employer decided, well, you're fired because of that, that would be improper. I don't, I don't think that's the type of thing that happens most of the time. So I think employees should be empowered to know that they're, they're not going to face reprisal for that happening, but they aren't re typically required to do that either. Review your workplace policies, review what, what the requirements are and if there's any rules of engagement. And absent any requirement to do so, I would put it in their best judgment. Leave it up to your best judgment on how to approach this very difficult and complicated situation. And you're saying that to the employer and to the employees? That's to the employer and the employees. Yeah. Uh, I think another thing to, to note and realize is the power imbalance that John Tory himself identified in hindsight is very real. It's important for people engaged in a workplace romance, a potential workplace romance, to recognize that. Is it appropriate to ask a colleague out to coffee if I'm also responsible for writing their performance reviews? Is it appropriate for me to, to text someone that, that where we would usually be texting about work one minute and then text them about something personal five minutes later? Is that appropriate? Um, these are things that, that should be paid attention to because they are paid attention to in the legal setting. Whether or not um, those texts are innocuous in one, in one setting, but they are not when you are talking about a manager and a, and a subordinate. So that's something that for people to assess for themselves as well. Just be careful and know that the law is there to protect you. And there are laws in Ontario to address workplace harassment issues like this. And getting entangled in this stuff is scary. It could be scary. It could be complicated, but don't fear reprisal. Look at workplace policies. Look, at, look to your superiors for, for guidance um, or an HR department and be empowered by that. There's the society is changing and people are more savvy about this stuff and aware of, of the harms that that can arise from it. We've come a long way even in the last 10 years. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that's a word of caution or wisdom that I would give. Calvin Chan is a lawyer with Ward's Lawyers and Lindsay, official sponsor of the Advocate podcast, Stories from Kawartha Lakes. You can check out previous segments of Words of Wisdom as part of our regular episodes, which you can stream for free on your favorite streaming platform. My thanks to Calvin and his colleagues who have participated in all of our Words of Wisdom segments over the years. To reach Calvin and anyone at Wards regarding your legal needs, contact them at wardlegal.ca.